show some emotion on the day we celebrate Jesus rose again. Man, I was thinking on the way in, you know, I came in early, I've been praying, and I'm driving through my neighborhood, and I'm just driving through the city, and how many people are just hanging out at home? Oh, man, maybe they're having really good breakfasts, like, thank you guys yesterday, Randy headed it up, we had a great men's breakfast. But man, it's not just another day. We celebrate the fact that God died for my sins and for your sins. And I love that song we just sang. I mean, you know, Satan, when Jesus died, he was strutting the glory. He thought he had won. Oh, I would love to see old Slewfoot's face when Jesus came alive. <laughs> we got a bulletin. You can look at it. We're good. Sunday school, you are dismissed. And as they are dismissed, let's pray. Lord, we come before you. We have all these prayer needs, Lord. Francis, John, Sharon, Cynthia, the school, Katie, Chris. I know there's some that I don't even know about, Lord, but we are so glad you're in control. Lord, we lift these needs up to you. Whether despair and discouragement, Lord God, I pray for your living encouragement to come. Lord, I pray for healing, Lord. We believe, we know that you healed today, Lord God, not just thousands of years ago. We just thank you, O oh God, for what you're doing. Lord, we thank you that today we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That, Lord, we can know right now, right now, that when we breathe our last, we're going to heaven. For all who believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. And that word believe means that we enter into that covenant relationship with you. That we say, yes, I am a sinner. Forgive me, Lord. Take my life. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Then we know that we know that we know. I thank you for that, God. I thank you that you showed us the greatest love mankind has ever seen by sending your son. Father, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us today. Words of encouragement, words of hope, words of victory. In your name, amen. So the message is victorious hope. And my text is 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 8. Now Paul writes, Now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, Peter, and then to the twelve. 
After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all of the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. What Paul is saying is he wasn't one of the original. His salvation came later. So Lord, speak to us today. You know, I was thinking this weekend, you know, when I was a young kid in junior high, there was a movie on ABC, midweek movie, Death Takes a Vacation. And the premise is, is this actor, Monty Markham, and he goes on a vacation to a, 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 you know, a resort in a tropical island. And the whole time that, the whole time that he's on vacation, nobody dies. You see, death took a vacation. Then he goes off vacation. Dropping right and left. Death doesn't take a vacation. But today, death is not something to be feared. You know, we're, are we all going to die unless, you know, if Jesus tarries and he doesn't come back, yes, we're all going to die. But I'm not talking about physical death. I'm talking about your eternity. And the thing I love about the Bible is he, Jesus tells us, how do you get eternal life? And the thing I like about Easter, if you live in North America, especially in the Northeast, I mean, look at the stinking morning. You had a pretty good snowstorm, and now the sun's out. You know what I like about Easter? We are the farthest away from snow, winter, that we can ever be. Some people love fall, some people love summer. I like spring because I know I have a few months. I am convinced if you die and go to hell, snow is there somehow. <laughs> they say hope springs eternal. Man, that's true with Jesus Christ. You know, if you go further on, we're not going to go there, but 1 Corinthians 15, 26 says, the last enemy to be defeated, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Jesus defeated death. But to get that victory, you need relationship with him. You know, resurrection is more than just a reliving. Resurrection is an eternal life with God himself. We become a completely new person. The Bible tells us the old has gone, the new has come. When I, when I you know, finally said yes to Christ, I was a new creation. All the old junk that I did, God forgot about. Because I asked Christ into my life, so when God looks down, he sees Jesus Christ. He doesn't see sinful Dick Beaumont. So today I'm talking about hope in Christ always comes out on top. Hope in Jesus is the final answer. In 1999, with Regis Philburn, there was a TV show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And he would ask you all these questions. You could win money. Is that your final answer? What's your final answer? Lord forbid, if something happened today, bomb falls on us, we all die. What's your final answer to God? I went to church. The old joke, he's sitting, you know, I got a car in the garage. If I hang out in my garage, I don't become a car. 
If you go to church, you don't become a Christian. It's not how it works. What's your final answer? Have you given your life to Christ? And the thing I like about when I give Jesus my life, my hope and victory, placing our hope in Jesus brings victory in one doubt. You can be assured even when you don't feel sure. What does that mean? Salvation has nothing to do with your emotions. Well, I don't feel it. Maybe I'm not really saved. You know what? Ignore that. Have you asked God to forgive you? Have you have embraced Christ? Then you're saved. But I don't feel like it. I don't care how you feel. Feelings are a liar. As a pastor, one of the saddest things to do is, you know, you do premarriage counseling. Why do you want to get married? Oh, we just love each other. I had a pastor friend of mine, somebody told him that in premarriage counseling. He said, that is the worst idea to get married. Because one thing that you cannot tell young couples, after you say I do, you don't live happily ever after as amazing as I am. And can I hear an amen? That woman went through a lot putting up with a 21-year-old schmuck that married her. Every relationship, you have highs and you have lows. So you are going to doubt. And you know what the, de the devil wants? He wants you to doubt your salvation. He wants you to think it is hopeless. It ain't going to change. Oh, he's got his hooks in you. Then he wants you to think it ain't going to change and you give up. So Jesus gives us victory over doubt. He gives us victory over fear. Now, please understand, it doesn't mean you're not going to go through doubt. It doesn't mean you're not going to go through fear, but he gives us victory. Look at the disciples, even in the midst of that storm, when he was sleeping, he, they knew they, he was with them. He overcame that storm. So you, fear is the opposite of faith. I'm not saying you're not going to deal with it. Don't let it be your master. Just cry out to God, I'm afraid. Boom, let me. Fear is a great opportunity for your faith to grow. Whenever you're afraid of something, whenever something's really hitting you hard, it might be traumatic health issues, it might be finances, it might be losing a loved one, etc. You turn to God and you watch your faith grow. I just bought a book. I haven't started reading it by Pastor Tony Evans, Divine Desperation. He wrote it with his four children. In two years, they lost eight family members. His wife died. And one of the things that, as I'm reading the, the cover and about the book, they, they found God in the midst of, forgive me, a person of hell on earth. So Jesus Christ's victory brings us victory over fear. He brings us victory over defeatism. You have some people, they're just optimists. I am not one of them. If I have half a bottle of water, it's half gone, and you probably spit into what I have remaining. My personality is melancholy, and I know I can be very, very pessimistic. I got a friend of mine who's an optimist. It's great, but sometimes you just want to slap him in the head because it's sorry, and life ain't always sunshine and roses. But you know what I know when I'm down and out? Jesus is on the throne. That cross is empty. Jesus died. I got the victory. You can't take my victory. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. 
but I'm gonna. Jesus brings us victory over anxiety. Jesus Christ is the answer for all of our worries. Let me say something here. Anxiety is real. Depression is real. Dealt with both of them. Emotional and mental challenges come. I'm not saying if you love Jesus, they all disappear, and if you have enough faith, life is good. Brought a friend of mine home from the hospital. He was going through chemo, sicker than a dog. Get out of the car, somebody came up and said, if you had faith, you wouldn't have cancer. As I balled up my fist to punch this idiot in the nose, my friend dealing with the cancer grabbed me and said, we'll talk later, it's cool. He said, I, I remember, I, was, I got saved in the late 70s, I remember the 80s when we talked about psychobabble and we had this false faith doctrine that said, if you believe, man, everything's hunky-dory. I'm sorry, if you believe that, you do not read your Bible. I love people that say, if you have faith that you wouldn't get sick, how come I don't see 500-year-old Christians walking around? Must be ain't nobody has enough faith. So what I'm saying is, Jesus can calm you when you're dealing with anxieties. But you have to reschedule your priorities. You have to take a time to step back and to just have a quiet time. If you need a pad of paper, good. When something comes into your head, write it down quickly and put it aside and just let the Holy Spirit refresh you, renew you, and restore you. My mama was a professional warrior. I've told you that before. And she passed those jeans on to me. I mean, I, I, my mama was the Michael Jordan of worrying. If there was a pro league, man, I'd have it made. But I just learned to give my everything to Jesus. Does it mean I'm going to be anxiety-free? No. Does it mean I'm never going to be depressed? No. But it means my God is never going to leave me. Victory, when we put our hope in Jesus, is over death. I know where I'm going. I remember being there, my dad accepted the Lord, and man, I'm right by his side when he passed away. I'm thinking, wow, he is right now in the presence of my Savior. And I'm sorry, I was rejoicing, not that he passed, but of where he was. And I just couldn't believe the fact that I like what Pastor Greg Laurie said, when you breathe your last, your next breath is in heaven. How cool is that? You see, Easter reminds us that God pursues us. I know what it's like to be pursued. She made the first move. Yeah. God pursues us. I know what it's like to be chosen last for a game of baseball or something. God pursues you. Maybe, maybe you're, you're socially outcast. Maybe you're not number one with a bullet. But God pursues you. He pursued you by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. On verse 3, Paul says, you know, hold firmly. We, we need to hang on firmly to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, verse 2. In Isaiah 53, I'm not going to read it, but um, I like what this website church ministry said about Isaiah 53. Jesus Christ was rejected. 
so that you could be accepted. Jesus Christ was rejected by God. God turned his back on him. My personal belief, the worst thing about hell, isn't it's going to be a place of turmoil, because it is. It's going to be godless. And I think as long as we have breath on this earth, we know there's a God. But I believe, personally, the worst thing about hell is going to be no presence of God whatsoever. Jesus Christ was rejected so that you and I could be accepted if we so choose. Jesus Christ suffered so that we could be relieved. He was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our sins. It wasn't just God's plan that Jesus died. Jesus was tortured. They say as he hung on the cross, you couldn't recognize him. He did that for you, and he did that for me. Jesus was despised so that we would be glorified. The Bible tells us he was a man of sorrows. Isaiah, maybe you're going through a hard time. Nobody, one of the worst lies we believe, nobody understands. I know somebody who does. It may not be me, but it's him. So when you're going through it, don't listen to the lies. You're better off dead. You're better off yada, yada, yada. He was despised so we could be glorified. He carried our pain so that we could find comfort. Jesus Christ was struck down so that we would be lifted up. Christians say hokey things. One of them, in my humble opinion, this is just a short breath on earth and you have eternity. I'm sorry. I've been on this earth 63 years, and that's a long breath. You can't tell me, don't worry, this too shall pass. You know, when Christians say that, I just really want to lay hands on them. And it ain't in prayer. It's smacking them upside the head. Life is too short maybe when you're end of it but when you're in the middle of a bad place it drags on it's kind of like summer you ever notice the two and a half days of summer in Oswego they just fly by January lasts a stinking lifetime I have one goal in my life they have bucket list things I have one bucket list item I want to spend the month of January just once in a place where I can go outside every day and have a cup of coffee and not die. <laughs> Life. God lifts us up. He was wounded so that we can be healed. You can be healed. And if some of you, I'm going to tell you right now, God is speaking to you today. He wants you to get over the lies that you're listening about yourself, about your identity, about who you are. I'm no good. I'm this and that. I, I get it. I have dealt with insecurity 63 years, but I know who I am in Jesus Christ. And God wants you to believe who he has called you to be. He was oppressed so we would be free. He was cut off so that we would come near. He was assigned to the grave. He was crushed, counted among rebels, so that our rebellion could be exchanged for eternity for eternal life. What are you doing with Jesus is my question today. Are you having victorious hope? If you died right now, would you say, man, I know I'm there. 
Jesus should have poured out his wrath on us because we deserve it. We're all sinners. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Eve. God's plan was no sickness, no death, no hardship. But what happened? The devil lied and they embraced it. What is one of the biggest challenges in America today? Read the news. It's all about me. I want you, I want to define who I am. Sorry, God already did that. I want I, I, I. I'm sorry, it's him, him, him. We have to learn, church, what it means to be crucified with Christ. Jesus died for our sins, yet in his grace, he lovingly pursued us. I, I love verse um, 5. It goes, and he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter. I mean, remember Peter? He bragged, God, man, even if these Yahoo's are going to leave you, I'm going to die with you. Peter, and Jesus goes, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. What happens when he did that? He broke down. Luke says Jesus turned and looked at him. He was crushed. Peter was absolutely crushed. But once he rose again, who's the first disciple my Jesus wrote, talked to? Peter. See, that's what God does. Oh, you've fallen short? You slipped? You fall? Come to me. Let me forgive you and love on you. See, that's my God. Too often we think God is this mean old taskmaster. If we slip up, he's just going to smack us upside the wrist. Oh, my Jesus loves us. On the third day, my second point, on the third day, Jesus rose from the grave. Everybody faces death. But we need the miracle of Jesus to be victorious. You know, let's, I'm going to face it. Death is a fearful prospect. We think about it. We think about it. And it makes us afraid. I remember when a friend of ours was just told she has terminal cancer, has a couple days to live. We go that night to the hospital and she has a smile. He looks at us and says, I'm going to go see my Lord. People came in the hospital room crying. She's praying for them. Was she deranged? No. No. She was connected. She knew this life was going to end. Then I'm going to be with Jesus. She tells us Jesus rose to the disciple in 500. In, 11, in John 11:25, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. If we believe, if we ask for forgiveness, if the Bible tells us part of the gospel, the good news is if we repent, means we do a 180 and live for God, then we have eternal life. That's what Easter is all about. The last enemy, death, has been destroyed. Peter is writing about this because the Corinthian church was going through a time where they started to doubt whether Jesus really resurrected. We need to stand firm. Resist allowing doubt to creep in. But let me say one thing about doubt. If you are a human being and you think, you're going to have doubt sometime. That, don't condemn yourself. Give it to God. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible I fully believe. 
This whole Jonah thing? I'm sorry. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around it. Even though I did just read a Reader's Digest article about this person. I can't remember if they were kayaking or what, but this whale swallowed them and, you know, let them go. Um, So what I'm saying is, don't let your doubts condemn you. Don't let your doubts make you think you don't believe and you're not a Christian. Just turn them over to God. You know, our faith is a joke if there's no resurrection. As Paul says, we're pitied. You know, this past Monday, I did Doug Vincent, who passed away about a month ago or so. I I did his graveside service. And, you know, I like doing services, funerals and services for people that knew Jesus. Because I know the outcome. When I don't, that's sad. John 3.3, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Didn't go to church growing up. I've said it before, Sunday mornings for me were for the comics, basketball, and donuts. Then this woman who loved me opened up her Bible and read this verse to me. It was on the heels of Jimmy Carter that the first time they really promoted the word born again in my, in my, society, in my culture. So I, I was a little hesitant what this whole born again stuff meant. But I realize what Jesus is saying is, once you become an adult, you have to make a decision for me. You know, when, Peter's talk, when, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, Nicodemus knew he wasn't really talking about going into mom and being born again. He was coming against a lot of the false teachings Nicodemus held on to as a leader. So what Jesus is saying here, do you want to see heaven? There's only one way. What way is that? That's God's way. God's way is, yes, Jesus, you're the son of God. Forgive me. I'm going to live for you. Come into my life. The last point is we need to embrace the victory of the resurrection. Tampa Bay Lightning won the NHL championship last winter. The Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA championship. The Atlanta Braves baseball, Los Angeles Rams, not saying nothing Buffalo Bills fans, I think your years coming, it feels good to win, that's all I'm saying. They won the NFL championship. You know what's cool about victory? When your team wins, you get to, st- I can stay up late and I can watch all the post-game stuff, the confetti coming down, and they're talking to my, but if my team loses, I am gloomy and just want to go to bed and never get up. So these teams knew victory in all these pro sports, but I'm going to tell you what, Jesus Christ gives us more victory because death will not hold us in bondage. Jesus says, don't fear those that can kill your body. Fear those who control, fear the one who controls your eternal soul. Man, can you see these women on the third day, they go to the tomb? Because they knew that you know, Jesus was put in there. They got to really take care of the body and spice it all up, etc., etc. They didn't find a gloomy tomb. They found an empty grave. I love Matthew 28. The angel talks to them. And this is what I like about God's grace. He's not sarcastic. He doesn't say to them, 
Hello, didn't Jesus tell you this was going to happen? He doesn't say that. He loves them. What do you think the women look like when for two, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday, early Sunday, their Savior died? How do you think they felt? They were defeated. Everything they hoped in was gone. Then when Jesus revealed himself, how do you think he felt? How do you feel today at the resurrection of Jesus Christ? It's time we get over defeat, being defeated in despair. I'm going to skip the rest. In a minute, the worship team is going to come up. I'll tell you in a second. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We need some resurrection right now because I'm looking at some of your faces and I am losing you. Where, close your eyes, where are you right now with Jesus? Why should you have entrance into heaven? Well, I'm good enough. No, no, sorry, you're really not. You might be better than me, but it's not my standards, it's God's standards. And God tells us we're all sinners. God says, hey, you know what, Dick? If you want to hang out with me for eternity, you got to be perfect. <laughs> the only way I've become perfect slash righteous is by turning my life to God asking Jesus to forgive me. So can I have the worship team come up? We're going to sing one more song. Oh, keep your eyes closed, please. Today, it's just you and God. The reason I don't have any close your eyes is just you and God. What are you doing with it? Man, I love the fact that God loves us so much. I love the fact, I mean, the biggest thing for me for Easter every year, I talk about how he appeared to Peter. You see, God is a God of forgiveness. God went through all of that. He sent his son through all of that. He turned his back on his son. Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because God loves us. I see the resistance. But God is saying, what are you going to do with Jesus? And as we close in this song, and at the end, you know, Bill's going to close us in prayer. As you sing this song, I'm going to ask you one thing. Just what's your relationship with Christ? Spend a moment quiet, please. If 
Father, I pray that as we sing this song, as we come to the close of this Easter service, it wouldn't be just another religious thing that we do, Lord, but that we would really reflect what does this day mean symbolically? I liked what Pastor Gabe said at the Good Friday service. We need to reflect and say, Jesus, are you king of everything in my life? We need to ask ourselves that. Have I turned it all over to you, Lord? So today, as we celebrate the victory Christ gave us, as we sing this last song, I would really ask each and every one of you to reflect and embrace the goodness of God. Amen. Would you stand? How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that He should give His only Son to make a wretch His treasure. How great the pain of The Father turns His face away As wounds which mark the Chosen One Bring many sons to glory Behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held until it was accomplished his dying breath has brought me life i know that it is
Why should? Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my to thank you and we want to praise you for your great, great love for us. For the wounds endured by your only begotten Son for me. Thank you. I receive that, Lord. I receive you. And I give you thanks today. Bless your people as we go from here. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. Amen. His wounds have paid.